0: Welcome back to the Jote Show here on the Dion Family Network, episode 17. We've got NBA Finals only on the game three, game four tonight. At the time of recording, MLB Divisional Series. Again, only two games from that. we got NFL Week 4, so not too much to talk about, but uh, let's get right into it. First up, NBA Finals game three. Miami takes down the Lakers, 115-104. Didn't really feel that close the whole time, although the Lakers were kind of lingering. Beyond that, I mean, the real story of this game has to be Jimmy Butler. They don't have Goran Dragic, who is apparently uh, warming up with the team, trying to play in Game 4. Bam Adebayo, who also planning to play in Game 4 again. This is before Game 4 is played. Um, But yeah, Butler, 40 points, 11 rebounds, 13 assists. And this Heat team just—it—it it looked like the Heat team we've been—we had been seeing all playoffs. It was a team that went for every fifty-fifty ball, was hitting open shots, and playing good enough defense. Where we'll get to the Lakers in a second, but you can never really completely shut down LeBron and Anthony Davis. But they held them in check enough. Besides, besides Butler, who really carried this team, a historic performance. It almost—it almost did feel LeBron James-esque. With that second Cleveland run, facing the Warriors, kind of has to put the team on his back because beyond Butler's 40, Tyler Hero, Kelly O'Linick 17 points, Duncan Robinson, 13, Jay Crowder, 12, Myers Leonard, 7, Kendrick Nunn, 4, Solomon Hill, 3, and Andre Iguodala, who's just been it he's he scores seven, or scores 14 points, seven in the first two games, only scores two in this. I know he's more of a defensive player, but especially with those two two of their better players out. They need someone like a to step up, although they really they did make it work. On the Lakers end, LeBron LeBron obviously still amazing 25 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists. Nothing nothing crazy. I think everyone did really freak out about him walking off the court. I don't think it was the most respectful thing to do because Although, I would want to see his reaction if someone did that to him. That's where I think you would see. If he gets mad about it, then you can easily turn that around and go, well, you do it. Why is that right? But I don't know. You're frustrated. You just lost a game when you should have been in control of the series. I get his frustration. I don't think anyone should be. I don't think it's. I don't think everyone should be freaking out like they are. I think the real story of this game was Anthony Davis. Kinda quiet, first half, wasn't really doing anything, ran into foul trouble, ends up fifteen points, five rebounds, three assists, and everyone I mean, I think everyone saw it that he had a finals M V P case if he kept putting up thirty points a game. It just wasn't realistic. And I mean, the Heat were there. They were contesting every they were they just played Miami Heat basketball that they have all playoffs. And, I mean, beyond Davis, not even their second-leading scorer, Kyle Kuzma and Markeith Morris both scored 19. And then beyond that, it just really falls apart. Caruso with 8. Uh, called Caldwell Pope with 5. Rondo and Dwight Howard both with 4. J.R. Smith with 3. Hits 1-3. And then Danny Green with 2, which you really can't have that out of Danny Green, you, especially the amount you paid for him going forward. Is this is really co- going to come down to the depth scores because you know Jimmy Butler's going to show up. You know LeBron's going to show up. Anthony Davis had a bad game. You can't just write him off for the rest of the series. And I don't want to say this assuming Bam comes back, but I think if he does and you kind of can piece together the Kelly, Olynyk, Myers, Leonard minutes together just to give Bam a break at points, I think it's going to make a big difference. I think this Heat team was all about their depth and losing Bam was huge. Losing Dragic, now you have to put Hero in the starting lineup. These make a difference. And if they come back, I think this team has already got momentum swinging in their direction. But I mean, beyond that, I think we saw some great basketball. I think we have great basketball moving forward. Again, uh, this is going to be going up Tuesday night, so the game will be that night. Friday will be Game four, game five, and again, Monday maybe. We might not be lo- looking beyond that, but we're not going to look too far ahead. Next up, the MLB Divisional Series. Started off with a bang. Houston Astros take down the Oakland A's, 10-5. I wanted to go because it's the playoffs. I wanted to go into a little more detail about the scoring because this, the ball, and this is also the weird part of these series is Houston and Oakland, they're playing at Dodger Stadium in L.A. And the Yankees Rays, which was also last night, they were playing in uh, Petco Park in San Diego. So first first inning, no scoring. Second inning, Chris Davis, it's a two-run home run with Matt Olson. Uh, third inning, Sean Murphy, it's a home run. Again, 418 and 414 feet, not short home runs. Then... Astros come back. Bregman hits one to left. Hits one out to left. Uh, Cray hits a two run shot. Bregman's just a solo shot tie game, 3 uh, 3. Matt Olsen hits one dead center field, 4 uh, 3. Mark Canna hits a sacrifice fly. Marcus Semyon scores, 5 3. And then George Bringer doubles to left. Josh Reddick and Martin Maldonado, or Josh Reddick scores. Martin Maldonado gets the third. Then, uh, Altuve up next, Altuve singles to left, Maldonado waltzes in from third, Springer scores from second, Altuve ends up with a double and they just flip the game at 6-5. And, I mean, after the Canna sacrifice fly, Springer double scores one, Altuve single scores two, Brantley singles, Altuve scores, Carlos Correa hits his second home run of the game, 8-5, Correa singles to right, Uh, Bregman scores. Uh, Kyle Tucker gets to third, nine five, and then finally, Yuli Gurriel hits vice to left. Kyle Tucker scores. Gray gets to second, and that's your ball game, ten five. This Astros team is still really good, but they have to be in shootouts like this. If they get caught in a pitcher's duel, I don't really see them winning. Obviously, every, I'm, I'm not even saying this just as I hate to the Astros. They're just they're pitching their lack of pitching I think is gonna catch up to them at some point and for the A's don't panic just game two obviously it was is today probably going on as I record but you just gotta move on just this game happened you got outscored balls really flying out of the ballpark there in LA you just gotta move on get ready for game two because you don't want your season ending like this. Especially after they have the way they came back against the White Sox after Lucas Gilito. He can't. Er, no, he can't, but he just shouldn't. Alright, next up. Second game of the day. There's four games today. There's only two yesterday. The Yankees take down the Rays 9-3. Garrett Cole gets the win. Blake's now with the loss. Cole, Cole I mean, three and runs, eight strikeouts, two walks. Snell, five innings, four earned, four strikeouts, two walks. Nothing crazy in terms of scoring. Early on, very back and forth. Aaron Hicks hits a sacrifice to center. DJ LeMayhew scores. A Rosarena in the bottom of the first, hits one out, 4-10. The Rays ties it up 1-1. Clint Frazier comes back, hits one. Homer's out to left, 2-1. G-Man Choi hits a two-run home run to center. I've always said this, G-Man Choi is the number one guy in the league that I'm always terrified when he's batting. I don't care if he's hitting 100. I just feel like he's going to hit home runs like that. 3-2 Rays, Kyle Higashioka and Aaron Judge, both homer in the fifth. Yankees go up 4-3. Aaron Hicks and Nuttler is single to center. Higashioka and DJ LeMahieu score. Or Sorry, DJ LeMahieu gets to second, 5-3. Bases loaded. Giancarlo Stanton steps up to the plate and... I didn't, I didn't remember this, but during his World Baseball Classic run back in 2016 with the United States team, Giancarlo and the team played in Petco Park, and Stanton had some success. Stanton hits a grand slam home run to center field. G.J. LeMahieu, Aaron Hicks, Tyler Wade all score, 411 feet. Yankees win 9-3. The Yankees really dominated this game. I don't think this is time to overreact and say that the Rays are done. They were the number one team in the AL for a reason. They went 40-20. and 20. I think looking at it, the big difference you can see is the Rays were 20-9 and nine at home. I think home home field for them really makes a difference. I'm not counting these Rays out. They're a talented team. They're going to have Tyler Glass now, Charlie Morton going up in the next couple games. I think the Yankees, even before this game, won this pitching battle. But going forward, they're just going to have to get to bullpens in order to really hold on and win these games so that's it uh all four series go on today again once we get to friday we'll see where these series are at obviously astros a's yankees rays and then today we had miami atlanta and san diego and the dodgers joining the joining the party out from texas so they swapped al and nl parks it was weird it took me a bit to get used to but I guess eventually it made sense. All right. NFL week four. Again, not, not an overly long episode. Just not that there's not a lot to talk about, but just kind of this is caught on the wrong day. To rec- not on the wrong day, but just enough happened where obviously we're going to go through this NFL and see what happened from the weekend. But besides that, it's NBA Finals. The NHL is done. Only two baseball games since Friday. Just kinda unfortunate timing is the best way to say it. Alright, first up, Joe Burrow. Cincinnati Bengals. They take down Gardner Minshew and the Jags. What a good game. I don't wanna like give it too much credit that it's a good game, but I mean just the quarterback performances alone. Gardner Minshew, 351 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Joe Burrow, 300 yards, touchdown, interception. And I mean, it's kind of weird that fourth quarter, the Bengals were in control for the more majority of this game. They had a big third quarter. I don't know. It just felt like the Jags didn't really want to win. I don't want to discredit them and say that they were giving up or anything, but. Just the last couple drives, they scored. They scored a touchdown. DJ Chark scored with 6.14 left. But Or I guess maybe... No, yeah, 6.14 left. But then they kick a field goal at the end of the game. Like, what's really the difference of losing 33-22 to 22 than going for it, trying to get a touchdown onside kick? It just... I don't know. I guess there's also eight seconds, so what really were you going to do? But I don't know. To me, it's just... You got to try. Big takeaway from this game has to be Burrow gets his first win. Has a horrible offensive line. He's got pretty good targets, and surprisingly, one of them isn't really AJ Green. But he's making it work, and you got to give him credit for that. Second game up, Cleveland Browns take down the Dallas Cowboys, forty-nine to thirty-eight. What a ridiculous shootout game! Dak throws for 500 yards for – could be the fourth time or third time. Is this – yeah, we're in week four. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. Um, Cowboys almost came back. They they were so close. Obviously, Odell Beckham Jr. has an amazing game. Catches that touchdown from Landry. I think he had seven total touches and three touchdowns. That's – we all really just tried to turn on Odell. I – I don't know, I just, for me, my feelings of him was just he's very talented, just sometimes he's, his head's just not in the right place. But he showed up, those Browns showed up, and I mean, everyone's going to talk about how amazing Baker is. This is a running football team. He game manages, and he does a good job of it. you got to give him credit for that. But saying the reason they're winning is because of Baker Mayfield, to me, just shows that, not that you're not watching, but just, all your praise or criticism goes to a quarterback. Like, I don't know if anybody watching the Bengals was thinking, oh, this poor Joe Burrow, or not poor Joe Burrow, he should be leading this team to victories. The team around him isn't that good. And he still got them a win. But, I mean, Dallas, your defense is horrible, and they could still win the division. We'll get to where, where they are in their division, which is hilarious at the moment, but... Next up, the Saints take down the Lions, 35-29. The Lions go up 14-0 in the first half, <laughs> just completely fall apart. There's, they're one of these teams, and I think there's a few of them that, if you're behind, it's better because you just you get to throw the ball and you get to just try stuff. It's not it's not a risk. It's not it, it's just you got to go for it. And I think the Lions being ahead, I think the Falcons are another one of these teams. If you're I think you can you could put Baltimore in there maybe, but they're the an upper echelon team, Arizona. If you're down Oh no wait, sorry. I mixed those two up. The teams that are actually better when they're down, and I think it would be Detroit and Atlanta, that okay we just get to we just have to go and play offense and hope our defense makes stops. That should be their mentality, not we built this big lead, now let's try to hold it because clearly these two teams aren't good at it. Next up, Seattle at Miami. They take them down 31-23. Russell Wilson MVP. Again, it just keeps happening. It's going to keep happening all year. This Miami team's not that bad. I kind of I at first I said before, especially for Jacksonville Miami game before that game. I was thinking, ah, oh, they should just—they should put in Tua. Tua, that would be great to see. But I feel like Tua is actually really learning a lot under Fitzpatrick. He had the hip issue from last year. He gets a year to learn, develop. Next year, he'll technically be a rookie just by playing time. I'm sure he'll play at some point this year. But we see the track record of it. Patrick Mahomes did it. And look how he turned out. Obviously, I don't think we're expecting Tua to be on that level. But just learning from a veteran you get a year to prepare it happens more in the NBA but i think it's a i think it's a good thing now that i i really looked at it next up the real the loser leaves town match minnesota they take down houston in houston 31 23 resulting in the firing of bill o'brien both as gm head coach i'm sure he was the offensive coordinator defensive coordinator he might have been the president the owner He's out, and I just think for Houston, that's why this week I'm, I'm really wondering about Houston because teams that fire their coach, I find they always, in that first game especially, they play fired up. They want to win for their coach. But in this game, Justin Jefferson, I, I said he's not Stefan Diggs last week. He's not, but he's still their number two wide receiver with Adam Thielen. I think that's a really good duo, and I think he could grow with Kirk Cousins. Next up, Arizona go to Carolina. They lose in Carolina, which I think brings up the question of, so Carolina's won two games without Christian McCaffrey. And I'm not saying this is a detriment to McCaffrey, but I just think as a whole, why why are we paying running backs? Because clearly, think about a team like the Chargers, because I'll talk about them next. They have four legitimate running backs you can just kind of plug in and play. And then you're Dallas and you paid Zeke this ridiculous amount of money and now you don't know if you're going to be able to sign Dak. I mean, obviously, Jerry Jones could do it, but it was just a thought. Why why pay your running back when you could just have an ensemble like the Patriots that are the prime example of this? Why have one running back you pay a lot? Even, even the Falcons, they have three running backs they can throw out there for different scenarios. Arizona, though, they're turning into the disappointment team. They fall behind, and they just really offensively couldn't get it together. Kyler is fun. He's shifty, he's crafty, but at this point, it's not enough. Especially in that division, if San Francisco gets healthy, we saw how close they were in that Sunday night game. If they get healthy, that's going to be a problem for Arizona. For Carolina, though, just take these wins as you can once you run into your division more, I guess, because they've already played Tampa, but I think – they're in for an overachieving season and i think i I liked that before the year but i didn't think it would be at at the expense of the falcons which mathematically should have just made sense next up those chargers justin herbert gets in a shootout with tom brady brady throws a pick six again i think it was like four in the last five games something like that brady comes back throws five touchdowns Bucks take it, 38-31. I think what I took out of this was, I know Brady can do this. I like Justin Herbert. He looks really good. He looks... Obviously, he has more weaponry than any other rookie quarterback, but that's just situation. And I think he's really taken that job and ran with it. And I know Anthony Lynn loves Terod Taylor, but I th- I don't think you can... The way Herbert's playing, the way he's keeping you in these games, and the way that they had a lead against the Bucks. I don't think you can replace him i think you just got to give him time to grow and if he really starts to falter throughout the like rest of the year then sure then give him some time to develop but for right now i'd say roll with herbert if you're the Chargers. see what you got because he looks like he could be a franchise quarterback next up baltimore the ravens they beat the washington football team 31 17 Dwayne haskins threw for 300 yards he still just reminds me of Alex Smith I know Alex Smith is on the team but I just feel like he doesn't really throw downfield that much I'm sure he does and he's a talented quarterback obviously he went to Ohio State he was the starter and got picked high in the draft for a reason but I don't know I, I guess it's just what what you want out of this Washington team and to me I like them as like a fun frisky playoff team but I mean obviously in that division anything can happen but This is where Baltimore just kind of dominated. It's really anybody but the Chiefs that Baltimore can dominate, and it sucks, but that's what it is for now. you got to take this rest of the year and hope you get to go play Kansas City in the playoffs if you're Baltimore. That's what you're building this team towards. Next up, 4 o'clock window. By the way, the NFL balancing schedule. I know a lot of games got moved because of COVID, but... I don't know. I just I, I don't I don't like that there's ten games on at one o'clock and then three on at four o'clock. It's just not really good balance. Just a couple. Just mix up a couple. Obviously the majority should be in one o'clock, but just move around a little bit. But first up in these one in these four o'clock games, the Rams they take down the Giants barely seventeen to nine. Daniel Jones looked impressive, I have, especially this Rams defense that I think is really good. I think for the Rams, and I got sucked into this, they were favored by 12 and a half. I got sucked in and thought, oh, it's the Giants. They're going to blow them out. But the Rams just kind of were holding on for dear life and just won in the moment that they had to. And they don't need to blow out the Giants. Next up, Buffalo. They go to Las Vegas, take down the Raiders 30 to 23. Josh Allen looks really good. He has a deep threat in Stefan Diggs. They're running, their running game, their passing game their defense, just everything looks good not that the Raiders looked bad, they didn't, they were in this game they just made a couple of a couple of bad decisions and it cost them the game, for Buffalo, take your 4-0 run with it you got a Patriots matchup coming up soon or just for the division and if you're Bill- the Bills, run with these wins, win these close games as you have to because they're not going to ask how, they just ask how many wins you got Final four o'clock game, Indianapolis. They take down the Chicago Bears in slug uh, slugfest between Nick Foles and Phillip Rivers. I think I don't know if every if everyone has come to this conclusion, but the Bears should start Mitch Trubisky. They should kinda treat it like a preseason game. Mitch Trubisky gets to start the first half, Nick Foles gets to play the second half. That's how I would be the Bears coach because Foles starting they scored eleven points. The Colts kicked a bunch of field goals. This wasn't really a good game. Although the interesting part of it is that these teams have played every year... Or every four years, just by because of the divisions. Every year that they've played, I think since 2004, I want to say. Whoever has won has determined... Or it's correlated with who has won the presidential election. And just... For those knowing the Colts won in twenty sixteen, they win this year. We're either gonna buck the trend or keep going. Not much more to say beyond that, besides the Colts are a really good team, they have a really good offensive line, they have good weapons, they have good defense. Just noodle arm Philip Rivers. I just I'm not gonna trust him, especially after week one with Jacksonville. I just I can't. He's he's not good, but he has good he has a good enough team around him that it's Peyton Manning. Super Bowl Broncos esque team. Sunday night, a barn burner. And I think for the Eagles, it's a concern. They win 25 20. 49ers again, depleted. We're still in this game the whole time. Had a shot at the end of the game. They went from Nick Mullins to CJ Beathard. Didn't really make a huge difference. And I mean, for the Eagles one two and one they now lead the division with both Washington and Dallas at one and three they now lead the division which is which is fun obviously they're gonna have to play each other so we'll get that sorted out but for the Eagles I mean you needed a win it was a good time to do it was a good time to get that win Niners were favored by almost a touchdown and I liked the Eagles to cover but I thought the the Niners were going to win at the end of the game for the Niners, you just just got to hope you get healthy. That's really all you can do right now. All right, finally, last two games, Monday nights, Monday night doubleheader kind of again. Uh, the Chiefs take down the Patriots 26-10. to In the first half, the Patriots looked like they were in it. It's amazing that... During the Patrick Mahomes era with the Chiefs, and I'm sure everyone has seen this, there's only been three occasions that they haven't scored a touchdown in the first half. And all three of those games are against the New England Patriots. They just, they know how to hang around, especially without Cam. They started Hoyer. They went with Stidham. He threw a nice touchdown pass to Nikhil Harry. But the Chiefs kind of look like they're just toying with everyone, that they're not really showing their full offensive potential. They ran a really two really neat end arounds that led to touchdowns. And obviously the other touchdown they had coming from uh, Julian Edelman, a pass tipping off his fingers, Tyron Matthew intercepting and running it back for a touchdown. The Chiefs are just toying with everyone. They're 4-0. They're the defending champs. They're still the best team in the league. And I don't know at this point if there's a team that's going to stop them. I don't think they're going undefeated. There's a trap game coming. But right now they, they look like they're ahead of everyone, that they kind of almost help teams keep up with them. That's why I'm surprised they they covered the spread of six and a half. I think it got higher by game time, but... Obviously, they don't care about a spread, but I, I'm i just surprised they cover as much as they do. Finally, Monday night. I knew it. I called it. The Packers take down the Falcons, 30-16. to Again, the Falcons, if they're playing from behind... Not that it, not that you should feel more confident about them, but just if they're coming from if they're trying to play from behind, they look a lot better because offensively they just kind of have to air it out, and defensively they just have to hope for stops. That's the perfect scenario for them. Putting too much pressure on this team is why they've blown double-digit leads. They just can't handle it, and I think that goes back to Dan Quinn. But this game wasn't about the Falcons. It was Aaron Rodgers. This man is just on a mission. He's got two. Just great weapons out of the backfield and Jamal Williams, Naron Jones. He uses them effectively running the ball, throwing to them out of the backfield. You could really just line them up as wide receivers. They're they're both so good, especially with no Devontae Adams, their tight end who I can't remember his name now, caught two touchdowns, Toman, Tyman. Actually I should look it up. I shouldn't just BS uh Ton Tonyan. Six receptions, 98 yards, three touchdowns. I did not know he had three touchdowns, but Aaron Rodgers is a bad man, and he's on a mission, especially that everyone tries to count him out every year. I'm glad I didn't make that mistake. I, Not that I fully support the, oh, we don't need to get him weapons, he's Aaron Rodgers, but clearly he's going to make whatever weapons you give him work. And that's just Aaron Rodgers. So that's about all i got it's half an hour nothing or almost half an hour nothing nothing crazy if you want to check out anything that we're doing here in the dion family network you can follow the instagram at dion family network how uh, you can follow my blog jack das-deon dion 99.blogspot.com daily picks nba finals picks the mlb playoffs nfl uh yeah and besides that we'll see you next time